Football giveth and football taketh away. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Football Review that's not going to be as happy as it was last week, and it's also coming to you a day later, so thanks for persevering. And the reason we're coming to you a day late is because of Scott. Scott, yeah, how are you? me. Thank you very much, James. I'm good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Yeah. Well, with the number of times you've thrown me under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it's like... my turn, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And Adam, you're up next. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Boys, and Sky, I believe that uh, enjoying the Commonwealth Games. Yes, it's been good down at the um, beach volleyball. It's been yeah, I can imagine. It's a, down there. It's a, a past <laughs> life for me. So, so yeah, but, yeah. No, it looks like it's a good, you know, good sort of event down there. I don't know about the rest of it, but the beach volleyball looked all right. It's been good. And you, I believe on uh, Sunday you're getting to see an event that we're all quite excited about: the oh, Rugby Sevens. Yes, you're very much looking for the Rugby Sevens. I'm surprised you didn't get tickets. You're that excited by it, James. Well, some, I feel like I'm running a promotion here now. Some of us have to work on Saturday, yeah, on yeah. Sunday. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, I suppose we better get into segment one and talk yes. about the Brisbane Roars 3-0 loss to Western I, I Sydney. I would much rather him. talk about the beach volleyball, to be honest <laughs> with you. Well, look, it was three first-half goals to the Wanderers at ANZ Stadium, which really put a huge blow to the Roars' finals chances. We're going to lead off with a quote from John Aloisi about what exactly went wrong. We, uh, we started poorly. Um, you know that that was what went wrong. We conceded off a set piece, and then uh, the second goal was a long ball from their goalkeeper, and they were able to to then uh, play through us. And uh, and then you know we we panicked a little bit in the first half because we conceded so early, and because we wanted to win the game, the players started to chase the game. When instead of uh, we should still stick to our structures, uh, press at the right time, uh, make sure that we're you know uh, defensively not stretched then we were too stretched in the first half and and then that gave them a lift as well uh, the Wanderers so you know disappointed in our first half but second half we we got back into it we had our chances we just uh, didn't take it and yeah they really didn't take them which was quite frustrating in the end but that slow start was just a real body blow wasn't it oh look it's um it, it's it's I, I I think I use the word ambush, and that's what it seemed to be. It's a combination of Wanderers wanted it more, and I guess that I guess you know it's almost to, it's like I guess the players start believing the hype that you know they were well one step away from finals. They just had to show up, and look, they they got sat back on their ass proverbially on that you know pretty quickly, and it never really got any better. Well, I really can only comment on about the first fifty minutes of this because when I got home at about one one thirty in the morning on Sunday, I really. It wasn't too keen on watching a lot of this. So. You were hoping it was just a bad dream. Yeah, I saw about the first 15 minutes. I've seen enough of this. One of the big takeaways I had was there's been two really big games this year for the Raw in the season. This one and the game against Ceres Negros. They didn't turn up in either of them. Yep. That's pretty much my main takeaway. I thought the first half was as bad as we've seen all season. Yeah. And look, it was very frustrating just to watch because I almost wonder... Did they come out thinking, oh, we've got a bit of a margin for error here where knowing if they came away with a draw, they'd still be in a pretty good position going forward and thinking, all right, we can actually play into that a little bit. It's it seemed a bit like that. That you know, it's it's almost like they weren't prepared for a Wanderers backlash. And the Wanderers, look, they they were all right, but they were outplayed by victory the week before. And they thought, oh, maybe if they given up there on their season, maybe it'll be one of those games which would you know peter out and um, and sort of not amount to much. And which which was further from the truth because you now Wanderers came out and they want to play. And unfortunately, like. I've been talking about this for the last so month or so. Just where, on that, with the where, Wanderers, yep. I'm very surprised that the Raw didn't sense that coming because during the week, the whole story was about Gombau and his future. I mean, if it's one of those games where if the Wanderers want to want Josip Gombau's players to want him to stick around, they've got to perform for your manager, and they certainly did on Saturday afternoon. Because Yeah, well, I suppose that uh, puts to bed you, any of the concerns that Gombau might have lost. I think lost you could have seen that coming into some respect. Yeah. Oh, you, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but you could... What, what jumps out to me is what we've been talking about for the last month, where... Every A-League club we've seen this season is capable of peeing down their leg at some point in time. And unfortunately, in the biggest moment, this is what happened for the Raw. Well, everyone outside of Sydney FC basically is capable of it. Even I think Sydney they've been pretty good for yeah. most of the season. Yeah, but 
even as of late, we have seen Sydney not play up to scratch. That, that all, that all, well, it seems to be sort of you know, going in peaks and troughs. Like Sydney FC had a bit of a lag. <laughs> you know, Newcastle at the moment, uh, you know, there's questions where they'll get themselves up for the derby with nothing to play for. And look, the Raw, five games unbeaten going into this game. You yeah. thought, oh, look, you know, this is all, it's almost like it's all sort of going to plan. They've timed the right, they've you know, timed their run correctly. And it just all fell in a heap at ANZ Stadium. It's summed up in five words for me. It's just not good enough. Yeah. Yep, that's five. But there were a few players that I felt really struggled from you know, from the start. And yeah. as it turns out, there were some players that came into this game under an injury cloud. And this is what Aloisi had to say in the post-match press conference about that. Um, but also I take responsibility for you know selecting some players that were touch and go with injury uh, uh, Bolsey had a, he rolled his ankle um, the last weekend he was uh, struggling with it but you know, we we're pretty low on numbers at the centre back position so had to play him Franjic uh, he, he got injured during the week and, and also Thomas Christensen and Carfala so I made that selection. I'm responsible for that. Um, but just disappointed in our first half. We just have to make sure we pick ourselves up and, and go to Perth and get the win that we want. I was honestly ready to come in here today and tee off on Ivan Franjic because I thought that could have been one of the worst performances of his career that I've seen. But as it turns out, the blame probably should have been going towards Aloisi because he picked an injured player that clearly wasn't up for it. I think it. the blame in this case is squarely on John Lewis. I can understand the Daniel Bowles one because there's no other fit centre-backs and the best, oh, the most experienced youth defender is also injured. I can understand not starting Holman and, and playing Christensen. I get all that. The um, Franich one, I know he's done really well in an unfamiliar position, but I just don't get that. You've got three good options as cover. There. You had Connor O'Toole, which we were just talking about before we started recording, could have played. You had Dane Ingham, who is a young international in his own right, and you have the reigning... Um, Gary Wilkins medalist in Corey Brown, who I know everyone thinks is leaving, but you had three good options there. If he's not right, you had players you could have played there in addition it almost, to It Franch. almost confirms the fact that, you know, we're talking about Corey Brown, that, yeah. you know, he, he's done for yeah. the Raw, because, yeah, like I said, that if if there was that injury cloud over Fringe, to play him over those guys, yeah. it just it just beggars belief almost. But yeah. look, we got to also pay credit, you know, we knew Chris Economides is a darn good player. You know, any player that, you know, can play play for Lazio in Serie A, he may not be, you know, first team all time, but even if you're in that squad, you've got to be half decent. And, and he actually really took a step forward and he made Ivan Franjic look very, very you know, weak in, in part. Yeah. And as we know, it was because Franjic was injured. And look, I, I don't know Corey Brown personally, but I would assume yeah. that he's professional enough that even if he has signed for Melbourne Victory, you know, picked a place down there and already got 90% yeah. of his stuff moved. They keep naming him in the yeah. extended squads. Mm. He was named in the extended squad for the game this weekend today. So he's still somewhere he's in the big yeah, He's not, professional yeah. enough that yeah. he will show up yeah. and do a job for but, you if you need it. Yeah. And I think maybe he would have been a better option on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, even even um, Connor or Dane. Yeah. If he's not, if Ivan's not fit, that's a position where yeah. you can get exposed by a quick winger if you're not 100%. But the way Aloisi sort of couched it was, the guys that have played lately have done so well, and like you can't afford to make one or two changes. That's what yeah. I keep coming back to. If he had have subbed out all four, then I think you would be having similar questions. Yeah. But if Franjic, like had, a, if he had have said, "Look, we want to start him, but we couldn't," you know, then I think that would have been a little bit better for me. But oh god, I <laughs> that was just. Yeah. Singularly, yeah. that's that's our deepest position at the moment, left it back, is, which yeah. is which is crazy. Considering that the trend in, I guess, in football in general is that left back is the hardest one. You've got four left backs to choose from, yeah. and he chooses the injured one. So it's yeah, it's I can understand people getting pretty frustrated over that, and they have every right to because I keep going back to yeah. it's just not good enough. We should also say Franich has done really well in that position yeah. before he has. this weekend. So it's not like he's been playing poorly there. He's done quite well yeah. there in an unfamiliar position for himself. So yeah. I'm assuming when he signed. He wouldn't expect to play at left-back. Yeah, and look, just from my expertise playing FIFA for a little while <laughs> this afternoon, but like you look at the four players that he listed that were injured, Frange is the one that was easiest to replace yeah. because he had yeah. you know the three yeah. easy options, but uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, and yeah. It just, I feel that like, kind of sums up the whole game, really, that yeah. the frustration, yeah. I know, and we went in obviously feeling quite confident about it, the three of us yeah. did, and yeah. clearly the club did as well, but you could have taken care of business then and there and made this weekend's trip to Perth a lot easier, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration, at least 
I think that's where rash- yes. actually that's just something it's worth. I think that's where the hope is gone because mm. trying to go go and we'll cover it in, se- in segment four, but trying to go to Perth, get a result, then hope another result goes away. I think yeah, that result really sort of put the dampers to the point where people, I guess, most fans have pretty much lost hope that it's that it's season over. Which, it's not technically, but yeah, like you it's can not understand yet, why. But it's, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get mm. to it. Yeah. Well, you know how they say some teams have one hand and four fingers on the trophy. I feel like <laughs> you've got one hand and four fingers on the exit door. Yeah, you mm. do. Anyway, we could keep going on about the roar and how frustrating it was. We'll just quickly run through the other results. Perth got a two-nil win over Newcastle. Thanks who... for that, Newcastle. Yeah. Really good stuff. Yep. Yeah, and, that, and that's where that's where the slide began because yeah. I think we all thought Newcastle would get the job done, which means Perth are irrelevant in this whole equation. Yeah. The fact that Perth, you know, did the almost unthinkable and travelled to this side of the country and got a result is really I think sort of Newcastle's you know, their best venue on the east coast, though. Yeah, in terms of getting results. So. Yeah, they haven't got a great record. And then Melbourne City against Central Coast. Enough said. Victory two-one over Wellington. Now, I could give a lot of praise to uh, King Kenny here because. He came on and totally changed the game. Can I ask for a description of this? Because I haven't seen it, but I heard he was amazing. He he was kind of like a competent version of Yaya Sonogo. He's big, he's strong, and he actually scored a goal. Look, I think I think yeah. it, it, I think the the well, broader... it's clearly not Sonogo then. But sorry, go ahead, Adam. I, I said so competent the, version. <laughs> the broader sense is that you know what? It's, it's good to see you know Kenyatu score goals and play well because you know what it gives hope that you know that pathway between MPL and A League you know you may have to persevere you may have to be patient but yeah. you know what he's taking opportunity and you know hopefully that leads yeah. to bigger. You are right about that because there was a long time where mm. he wasn't in the match day squad and people wondered had he gone back to Heidelberg what was happening but it sounds like in the last couple of weeks he's getting a chance. So. Champions League um, kicked off as well. Yes. He scored. He scored in that that train wreck up and um, up in Ulsan but. Hey, we it's know all about train wrecks in yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think all some love Australian clubs in their home. Well, they'll probably get a chance against Sydney FC next year. So, mm. <laughs> while Scott starts praying yes, to please. several deities, but well, to me, it just yeah, yeah, like Adam was pointing out, if you've got, if you take a bit of time, not every NPL player is going to hit in yeah. the A League. I think oh. that's a fair, like that's fair yeah. enough. But yeah. if you've got someone that has the talent, give them a bit of time and see what happens. Yeah. And look. For all we know, next year... have done this twice, yeah. actually, because I also brought Jai Ingham in from the MPL up here a couple of years ago after he was let go from the Raw. So, yeah, they've, had, they've got a pretty good track record of doing this, in fairness to them. Yep. And the final match of the round, Sydney FC were average to poor and still beat Adelaide 3-0. Well, that's encouraging for the rest of the competition, isn't it? Isn't it just so? All right, we're Can gonna... I see Matt Simon scored in this game, by the way? Yeah, he's in a weirdly rich vein of form. And I believe a Matt Simon sign made its way to WrestleMania. I'm going to turn to our wrestling yeah. expert here. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Amongst the 78,000 at the, uh, the Superdome. So. Ah. See, that's why we're recording late this week. Adam's watching WrestleMania. I've been watching beach volleyball. And I was up covering the Champions League <laughs> yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Anyway, that's going to be it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And, well, we're still depressed about the weekend's result in the A-League. So let's talk about the NPL instead. Our favourite competition. At the moment, yes. it is, actually, yeah. (laughs) And it is, honestly, a lot of fun to watch. So... Uh, round nine results: Lions four-one over Southwest Queensland. Strikers four-two over Brisbane City in what sounded like an absolutely phenomenal game. The City were two-nil up, weren't they? They yeah. were. Yeah, half time or something. Yeah. The River, the River City derby. They, they is it? Even though they're both on the other on the north side of the river, no, I'm not well, sure how that works. But anyway. no. well, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to ask uh, Simon about that. Yeah. Uh, Western Pride three-nil over Gold Coast United. Moreton Bay three-one over Sunshine Coast. That was the game that I had planned to go to, but wound up working instead, thankfully. And Olympic FC 3-0 over Redlands, but the game we're most... So uh, just before we talk about that, can I talk about Western Pride and Gold Coast? This is the third time this season already Western Pride have had an opposition with 10 men against them at home. So you're saying there's a big home field advantage I there? I don't know, but they seem to be getting a lot of lucky breaks out there in terms of that. I think Wenzel Hall scored another two, so up to 19. 19. So. And I think he broke some sort of club record. Yeah, he's a top goal scorer for them now, yeah. Good for him. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about the Raw. They were up yes. in Townsville against North Queensland United FC. So I'm, I'm guessing they got the canoes to the stadium. And <laughs> they, I, I must admit that I actually forgot in the malaise of watching the Raw, because I was on duty on Saturday night, <laughs> the malaise of watching the Raw team get spanked by Western Sydney, I actually forgot this game was on until I got reminded <laughs> after. So <laughs> my apologies to all our, our MPL fans on that. Um, yeah. In, my, in your defence, I was actually recovering from a very long day at Australia Zoo for my niece's seventh birthday. To be fair, I also forgot all about it, so... <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people did. It's a good, it's a really good win for the young Royal boys, though, because they seem to be hitting a, a rough patch in form. So to get get a, get another win here is really important. And again, it's the guys who were scoring earlier in the year. Back in form again, Muradovic, Akbari, Muradovic got um, the double. Yep. Without sounding sort of narcissistic about it, but it seems that the, the crying and carrying on about the, the teenage defenders seem to have stopped... Good. That's so. good because they're not that bad. They're actually Absol- they're absolutely inexperienced. Yeah, that's exactly, and, that, and that's why I, we said that you know it was a lot. It was a lot of you know unnecessary you know reaction yeah. to that because, like I said, we've got to remember Olympic and striker two very good teams. Yes, yeah, they are. And what we're starting to see now, um, I suppose, is Morton Bay. How come they only got three? I don't know. I couldn't and, believe. Was it you who said on, James on Sunday? You said Morton. Um, Sunshine Coast scored. Someone messaged me and said they scored, so that's rubbish. It certainly wasn't me. I thought that was. A I, prank. I was busy paying attention at my job. Thank oh, you very wait. much. I thought someone was pranking me when they said Sunshine Coast equalised. Well, actually, yeah, right. well, actually, actually, they actually equalised. So yeah, one all, and there's only mm. two late goals that they got them over the line. So either Sunshine Coast are improving, or maybe Morton well, Bay. Have, you know, that has slipped a bit in the last couple. Of weeks yeah. And the scoreline in Cairns FC versus Mackayne with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC was P dash P. It was postponed. It's actually going to be played on. Anzac Day. I think it was supposed to be in Mackay. They've actually flipped it. So in, on, a, on Anzac Day, they're going to play in Cairns. And when they're meant to play in Cairns, they're going to play in Mackay. Cool. Hmm. Right. Uh, week 10 fixtures coming up. Saturday, you've got Southwest Queensland against Moreton Bay. City against Olympic. Redlands versus North Queensland United. Cairns versus Western Pride. Lions against Gold Coast. Raw Youth against Mackay and Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC. I actually did quite well with that yeah. this week. And Sunday is Sunshine Coast against Strikers. So Strikers should be putting up, what are we thinking, over under 10.5 goals? I'll put it at 7. I'll be conservative. Maybe they've improved slightly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they kind of got worse. That could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> Strikers don't really have that one out-and-out goal scorer to rely on. No, so it'll probably, probably be, so it'll probably be it'll probably Greg Hensley or something with, it, <laughs> uh, with four or something. No, yeah. the, 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 the thing with Strikers is that yeah, they may not have that... that out-and-out striker. Unfortunately, they've got a very, very good scoring midfield. Yeah, they and, do. You know, um, McLean and uh, Tranquilo might actually have a field day themselves. All right. Uh, FQPL, Pen Power, one, again. They had to leave it to the last mm. minute, though, because I believe it was a bit of a controversy. Oh, yeah. Last no. minute, were... <laughs> Our correspondent was yes, not happy. Yes, was not happy with uh, apparently a handball goal was <laughs> for um, South United. I'm, I'm still waiting for the photo, Completely, Jordan. clearly obvious and was ignored, so maybe they need VAR up at AJ Kelly Park. Well, maybe someone can get it right if they have it up at AJ Kelly Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we also had Wolves uh, topping Southside Eagles, Logan Lightning over Capalabar. Easts had a big win over Hawkeys. Holland Park. Holland Park. This is my favourite part of the week, trying to, <laughs> you trying to interpret MPL Club Twitter handles. Mitchelton over Wide Bay Buccaneers, and Sunshine Coast Wanderers drew with Ipswich Knights, 0-0. Actually, speaking of Holland Park, they're in a real hole at the moment, because they got thumped in the FFA Cup last mm. week as well. So they're in, they might have to work on the defence, because they've conceded a lot of goals lately. And Rochelle Rovers didn't win, draw, or lose, because they were on a bye. Over to the NPLW, Gap 6-1 over Mitchelton. Southwest Queensland went down to Morton Bay United 7-1. Gold Coast also won 7-1 over Western Pride. Megan McElligot, I think, scored another four or five goals in this game. Six. Six, was it? Six, Sorry. it was, yeah. An unbelievable effort. Oh, like I said, she surely has got, got uh, Mel Andriata's attention there because she is just scoring for fun at the moment. Yep. Uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 5-4 over Capalabar. Lions 7-0 over Madurabar. And then South United 6-2 over Logan, and the Raw NTC squad uh, was postponed against I Eastern Suburbs. I it was played Tuesday night. So you're going to frantically look up the score right now was, while I pad? last I heard it was 1-0 to the Raw Youth, oh, Raw MP- NTC. I'm guessing it's not still being played. So. I would hope not. <laughs> uh, uh, FFA Cup, may as well just keep going with that now, because yep. we've only been going for six minutes in this segment. 
Round four winners were Brisbane City, Brisbane Strikers, Centenary, Easts, Ipswich City, The Lakes, Lions FC, Logan Lightning, Mitchelton, Moreton Bay, Olympic, Penn Power, Rochdale Rovers, South United, Western Pride and Wolves. Thank you so much for not putting their Twitter handles in there. (laughs) (laughs) The Lakes don't have one, so you're lucky there. Mm. So the round five draw was completed and published on the Football Brisbane Facebook page. It was, hang on, let me see, Olympic FC versus Centenary Stormers. That actually could be quite interesting. Logan Lightning against Mitchelton. The Lakes against Strikers, Ooh. Lucky Strikers. Ouch. Yeah, long, fair trip up there for them for that game, but yeah. so I think the Lakes had to go all the way out to Ipswich, which doesn't mean to win, for, to get through to this tie, so they'd be glad to get a home game. Without being disrespectful, like, I think the uh, the traffic might be actually up at, around North Lakes might be a bit more of a challenge than that. It's it's a fair it's a fair cap and, <laughs> so, incoming. Window. So yeah. we're going to have to remember that clip in case so of an send, upset. If the strikers win this game, you're going up to the lakes to interview them, Adam. Because you're closest to them. I might, I might actually go up. If it, if it doesn't clash with a certain other game, yeah. I might go Yes. Uh, Ipswich City against Penn Power. Lions FC against Eastern Suburbs. And Pizza Night, Brisbane City against Western mm. Pride. That is going to be fun. That looks like the match of the round, yeah. doesn't it? I, let's just pencil in a uh, Brisbane Football Review Pizza Night at okay. uh, yep, Spencer yep. Park that night. Morton Bay United against Souths. Rochdale against Wolves. And that's it. There are. It's this is a really good draw because a lot of the big name teams across Brisbane are still in the competition. Yeah, you've got one or two, and there are two, two spots two available. To, um, yeah, what two spots available to go to the FFA Cup round thirty-two, and everyone's now three games away. Three games to glory. So they're starting to get very close. I mean, we should see some very good matchups in the next couple of rounds, based on the fact that all the big guns are still available. Well, I'm, I missed out on um, the last round, but I feel like it's actually getting to that point where we kind of want to be there. Yeah. Well, like I said, with, with uh, obviously the A-League season sort of, you know, wrapping up, you know, we probably, uh, this, I even you know nationwide, I think that's where people's attentions turn to yeah. their fake up. And I'll tell you what, in the Brisbane zone, there are some darn good matchups there. I kind of want to go to Lions as well, because that was fun when we were there back in July. And I believe those games will be May second to eleventh. Yeah, May second to yeah, yeah. First first week of first week of May, according to I think it was Wikipedia. I read it all. Actually, no, I was on Football Click. Okay, another plug for Football Click because that is once again a very good site to read. So that'll be good. All right, so that's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back with plenty of news stories to discuss. Talk to you soon. You're listening to the Brisbane back Football Review. We'll be back after this. James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. We hope you enjoyed that break as much as we did. <laughs> we're going to talk about some news. And we're going to start off with a Matt Mackay story that came out, I believe, on Tuesday night. It was through... last night, wasn't it? Last night? I think it was last night. I oh, yeah. Wednesday night always seems to be when the stories come out, which is usually It could have been recording. Tuesday. The days are blending into one for me at the moment. So Yeah, that's it was fair. One of, these da- one of these days. All right. So the story. Matt Mackay is preparing his so this Saturday's game in Perth could be his last for the Brisbane Raw because he's no guarantee of being offered a contract. And I would like to lead off saying, as much as I love Matt Mackay and everything he's done for the Raw, if they don't retain him, I would be very happy to say thanks and goodbye. No, look, yeah, the thing is that it, it all depends on where where to hear from the Raw. Yeah. And look, unfortunately, he's on the, probably on the wrong side of that. And look, at the end of the day... You know, look, he's he's saying he's saying it was quite in this saying that you know he'd like to go around one more season, but you know for the club the rebuild that's going that is inevitably going to happen. Maybe you now he needs to sort of just you know, this may be it. So, but like I said, you cannot you cannot take away his legacy. You cannot no. take away what he's done for the club. You know, and like I said, I I would hope that you know you know I hope that it would be you know a I guess a dignified finish for for his career at the Raw. It's a very interesting one though because I do think the midfield needs some. Some changes because we've got three players in there who are 33 and over, and they'll be 34 and over by the time the next A-League season starts. I think they're going to have to change that mix, and that's that's just the midfield three. Doesn't include the attacking midfielders as well. I think that mix needs to change, and whether that's Matt McKay or somebody else. Well, I we know Thomas Christensen yeah. will be back. He's, He's under contract for next yeah. season. Well, so, I guess is there a succession plan? Because obviously, you know, Joe Lee can't be waiting around forever. No, you know, and that's and it may be time that you know he's given a full opportunity yeah. to to you know to make him to to make a professional career for himself before you know, and then go from there. Yeah, and I would like to see Matt yeah. McKay stick around in some capacity at Brisbane Raw. Absolutely, if if he if comes not as back, a player, yeah. as a coach, or in the front office, or whatever. I do think he has something left to offer as well. Maybe. 
not as an automatic starter every week, but I think it's something to offer. In I, a David Carney type of role for Sydney FC. Off I the just bench, can't imagine Matt like Mackay that. coming off the bench. That's, yeah, it'd that's be a, weird, wouldn't that, it? That's the thing is that, yeah. look, you know, you brought up David Carney. Yeah, for, he's had that super sub impact yeah. role for years. I, I, I don't, I just cannot see Matt Mackay being a bench player. He's he's always been, you know, 90 minutes. So to, to ask him to fill that role. I, he I is the ultimate to, team man, though. I do yeah, think yes. if you asked him to do it, I think he'd, yeah. he would do it. But oh, yeah. Just but I also can see him sitting on the sidelines yelling at the fourth official <laughs> <laughs> and not being allowed on well, the pitch. To be fair, there's a lot of people on the Royal Bench who do that, don't they? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Actually, there's a lot of people on benches in general. <laughs> That's very true. Or Juventus goalkeepers that just yell at the ref. <laughs> but, yeah, I. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this yeah. where you something needs to be done and for me the obvious succession plan is you move Joe Coletti up to the primary starting role in that Matt yeah. Mackay mould because as Aloisi has said several times Mackay and Coletti are the sim- same style of player yeah. Yeah. so obviously you can't play those two together you pair Coletti with Christensen and you either promote someone from the youth team like um, why am I blanking on the name at the moment. Uh, someone like Bryce Baffert or Adam Sawyer. Yes, or, thank yeah. you. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. You pr- you move them into the Coletti role where they're, you know, the third choice for that starting pair and move on from there. I think this is going to be a theme that's going to come up in the next few weeks. There's going to be a lot of these types of stories about experienced player unsure of their future. Well, look, we're there's... Quite a bit. Like we also saw yeah. something during the week about Jade North. Yes. Um, Newcastle... Newcastle and Mariners, one of those two clubs were... Looking at him for next season, and I, I thought it was a Lampton Jaffers. That's right, Lampton yeah, Jaffers in the, in the um, local competition. Yeah. That's right, my mistake. Yeah, it's been a long looking week. We him, forgive yeah. you. <laughs> it has been a long but, week. Talking about them, that may be more FFA Cup because yeah. said, they they have a very very soft, I guess, uh, I guess qualification pass around there too. And you get some experienced players like yeah. Joe Wheelhouse, like Joel Griffiths. And you added you added Jade North, but it seems yeah. like that's been. It doesn't sound, yeah. like, doesn't sound like doesn't sound like that's going to happen. They so did actually deny the yeah. links, yeah. but if Jade North is told, "Oh, your time in Brisbane is yeah. done," that is actually an obvious yeah, uh, a possibility for yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Well, because how many players have we seen move on from the A League and drop down to the NPL? Yeah. No, I think I think more of that needs. I think that more of that needs to happen if you want to stop the sort of I guess the quote unquote recycling. A players, it, it, maybe there needs to be something where the, these players, these players that sort of a little bit over the hill or you know aren't up to the standard, where and MPL is still an attractive you know, proposition yeah. to go. It's a bit like you know Premier League players dropping down to play in the Championship, which you know you, you want to make it so that you know and it gives them a chance for redemption yeah. if, if they're young enough or you know a place to wind down their career. I do think we're going to see a lot of these sorts of stories though. Over yeah. the next couple of weeks, as so, the so season for the Royal winds yep. down, these sorts of stories are going to pop up a lot. With a few different players. Well, yeah, because I can Not easily see. Mackay. I can easily see what ten to twelve players from this year's squad being elsewhere come July. Yeah, we'll get to it in future weeks. But I wouldn't be surprised. When it's only I seven or eight players week. under contract for next season. No, that's yeah. Like I said, the chance that you know double digit players not being at the Raw for the start of next season is very very real. And the good general, well, two good general rules to remember when it comes to player contracts. While, you know, Marco, Monteverde and Vintragari are very good reporters, yeah. same rule with any transfer in any sport, wait till the club announces yeah. it. Because When they're holding a shirt, it's done. Yes. Until then, it's not... And sport. also, when you're posting on Facebook or Twitter, talking about a player, you know, uh, committing, recommitting to the club, there is a big difference between resigned and <laughs> <Yeah>. re-signed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, little, that dash makes a big difference, oh, doesn't yeah. it? Because I remember when Aloisi re-signed yeah. at the uh, end-of-season awards <laughs> dinner last year, there were a few typos out there on social media from fans going, Aloisi's resigned. That's a bit of a shock. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was the happiest... Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, been... Mel also resigned that night as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just an important little uh, yeah. tidbit to remember, but obviously there's a lot to come with the squad. Yeah. There's the Jordan O'Doherty stuff to keep an eye on. Who yeah. I... There'll be plenty of this sort of stuff going on. Yeah. And, well, on, and, and on, on sort of a father field as well, if anyone sees on Twitter um, a picture of uh, Fernando Torres in a Brisbane Raw jersey... It's Photoshopped. It's Photoshopped. Well, he did look good in Irish. Yeah. Now, congratulations to my good mate Durga for bringing that up because that, that was actually quite clever. Oh, yeah. You, you, you mean he hasn't signed? I was getting ready to talk about that. I thought he'd signed. 
No, unfortunately oh, not, Scott. Damn it. <laughs> that was a strangest April Fool's Day prank on... Yeah. Like April 10th or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, former Brisbane Royal manager Mike Mulvey is back in the A-League with Central Coast Mariners. And given the way the Mariners have been the last few seasons, good luck, Mike. I kind of think he'll do all right there because it's probably going back to what he's best at, which is youth development. You think of his time with the Gold Coast, he was an excellent youth coach, brought through some really good young players. If that's the plan for Central Coast going forward, I think he's the right man for that job. I think he's... Can he get enough resources from the owner to go out and... Well, bring in the right experienced players to help them get uh, results in the short term. That's the question. I, I think Mulvey is a very, very good manager. We saw that in his time with the Raw yep. and even with Gold Coast as well. I feel like he's very good working with an established group of players. Mm-hmm. I am left to question his recruitment, however, because we all remember Mensa Katishi. I do think he very well may sign Stephen Lustig here, given he signed him twice up here, so there's a good chance that deal might happen. Well, hang, hang on. Are you, you trying to tell me that Stephen Lustig to Mike Mulvey is the same as Nico Crenshaw is to Harry Redknapp? Well, quite possibly, because he also signed him to the Gold Coast Youth System, so maybe there's something in that, Adam. I'm trying to think who is, who's the A-League equivalent of that, of players that just follow a coach around. Uh, that might I, be the one. No, look, there's... there's um, Matt Simon with Graham Arnold? There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, Bruce Kamau and Ryan Tongi can... Uh, and you're Gombell, Gombell. Yeah. still to be confirmed, mind you. It's yeah. all indicates that's going to happen. Or the other thing also, <laughs> actually, while we're on that point, is there stories are starting to come out from other clubs about players being released and told they're not needed. So mm. we'll just have to wait and see what develops. Well, Mike going. Mulvey, though, to be the first trip back here could be very, very interesting. I, I know there's not many good... people left from those days here, but I still think it could be very interesting. Uh, yeah, I... I think the fan reaction to him will be really good. Cause yeah, he's still he'll got... get a positive reaction. If he had that... The, the fan base was right behind him when he was released from the job back in 2014, was it? 15. 15, they were right. No, it was 14. It was the 14 15 season. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. It was, yeah, they were right behind him. Whatever it was, they were right behind him, and I think they'll give him a warm welcome. Whether he's so warm with the, he, he the, the officials enough, in the front office is another question. He, he didn't have enough time to see himself become a villain. Like, that's true. Or at least oh, look, I think there, I think there probably will be a lot of goodwill, but just just on Mike Mulvey is that like he'll, he'll be he'll be he'll do well as well as the resources he gets, and that's yep. that's, what, that's the important thing that he's actually able to recruit his players rather than what you know the owner or the CEO wants to, which which is what we think might have been the breakdown with Paul Ocon. And as long as he doesn't sign Mensa Katishi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, there's a story that came out today as well. Uh, premiership winners are going to be getting medals now, which will make Simon Hill very, very happy because he's been on a crusade for that for the last five or so years. Well, he's so, obviously been pestering the wrong people because he's finally got it now. You just have to yeah. ask the right people things happen. And a story I was going to tell you uh, before we move on is the uh, when the story popped up on Twitter... He came into my feed with, Matt Smith liked this post. <laughs> so you think he wants a couple of premiership medals, doesn't he? A bit of retrospective, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't think they've got anything until this year, have they? No. No, no the they got year. a high five. Oh, how wonderful. And a photo. Yes. All right, so there was a 442 story about why isn't there a second division, and it actually kind of laid out what I thought was a fairly good case as to why there isn't one, and... It's just the money. Uh, money and tyranny and distance, I guess. You know, like at the end of the day, you're always going to have that complaint that you can't have a second division when it's just, you know, Sydney and Melbourne clubs, you know. Yeah, that was pointless, and that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's been always the thinking for a long time is that people associate a natural competition with you know, a team in every capital city, yeah. including Darwin, Hobart, and, um, Hobart and, and Perth. And it's just for second division... It's just yeah. not practical. All the models I've seen for the second one is like four teams in Sydney, four in Melbourne, one in Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide. So I'm not sure that's the best thing, yeah. but it might be the only way it's possible. Yeah. To yeah. cut down on travel. I just can't see it. I can't see it getting bought into where like, even you know an existing club that gets relegated, it is going to have the natural fall off. I mean, oh. Brisbane have had, by their standards, a pretty poor season yeah. now, and they're still... Mesa wouldn't be getting relegated if the A-League dropped the bottom one or two teams. No, because I think the last second finish is eight, and isn't it? Look, let's yeah. let's be fair. We've got some fans here in Brisbane that are Wanderers-level bandwagon, fair-weather hoppers, <laughs> who are more than willing to bail on the club the minute anything looks like it might be going even marginally wrong. Can you imagine what's going to happen if they say, oh, I don't want to watch the second division because it's just not to my standard? Well, there's also the situation if there's a second team 
they may jump on that bandwagon as well. Let them. But, but, yeah. as I said, oh, but they may very well do that. That, that may be thing. a positive because, as we've said, and we've had this discussion about expansion and whatnot before, is that at the end of the day, you still want football fans to watch the A League. Now, it doesn't yeah. they, they can be they can be as anti raw as they want, but yeah. you still want them to do that. But look, the second division, I just yeah, it's I think the opportunity is now, and I guess if in answering that question, why is there not a second division? Well, it hasn't been right for a while. Yeah. But I think with all this level of interest, supposed interest through um, all these expansion bids and whatnot, I think this is the perfect time to, to look at it. So maybe the question of why have we not had it till now is, is valid. But I think why can we not have it in the future? I think it's, it's some, a question that's a legitimate question and to ask. And you need to be running a club where a successful second division club is you know, able to draw four to 5,000 people per year. Yeah rather than an A-League one that should be aiming for five-figure crowds at a bare minimum. Even though most of them aren't hitting that benchmark. Yeah. But uh, but to your point, James, I I completely agree with you. I think the issue is not who do we promote, who do we have in the second year. It's the problem is is what happens to an established A-League team like a Central Coast Mariners, heaven forbid, no, even even Wellington. If they if they still got a license, they're not going to be around what? by the time we get a second division. <laughs> Look, I, I was waiting for that. You, but but yeah, but you imagine what the effects is financially, you know, and whatnot to to that, and, that, and that's and that's probably why there, there's been such a backlash in the past to it is because it's like, well, if you have a second division and you relegate a team like you know Central Coast, you, you're, you're condemning them to death basically. But again, that's where you need to find mm. a way to bridge. The gap between the two leagues. Well, unfortunately, like I said, the way they do it in the Premier League to the Championship is a ungodly sum, you know, in a parity. TV payment. money, yeah. TV money, but we, we don't have that money, I don't think. Uh, well, maybe our good friends at AAFC may think we do have money. Well, you, there is but, Fox TV money goes to the A-League, I'm not sure. It's nowhere yeah, near what. But, I think but, the total sum is what one relegated club would mm, get for, for a year. But, yeah. but if the A-League was to hypothetically shift to an independent operating model as yeah. well, well that, that that then can change the game and you might find that there is the money to support oh, look, that look to quite quite frankly there's an independent A-League the whole game is changed and then yeah. this is the sort of stuff you look at because at the end of the day it's the A-League clubs that are responsible for their fate you know if yeah. you've got the AAFC looking out for secretary they're responsible for their fate and not they're not begging and coming to their, yeah. you know hand out to the FFA I yeah Look, we could go, go on, on for this at twenty minutes. Mm. Yeah, can I we get just, through oh, yeah. one show without you bagging Wellington and saying they have to go? No, actually, no. <laughs> you did get through one show without me bagging Wellington. It was the one I was on my honeymoon for. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> so it'd be a bit of a streak, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, I want to see it work, but quite frankly, the A League has more than enough problems on its yeah. own right now, and I'd much rather see the A League get sorted now yeah, yeah. and maybe bring in two to four or five yeah. new teams yeah. and just sort of work it out from Look, there. Look, at the end of the day, like just one quick final point on that is that I know FIFA prefer the you know, first second division, but you know what? I don't see them ha- harassing MLS about their about their system. They so. do have a second division, but there's it's, no it's promotion. It's no promotion. Yeah. yeah. It may, maybe that's the whole point of it, is that have an established second division that doesn't have a link to the A-League for down, until down the track. So maybe that's where we're looking at. Yep, there we go. There's a whole bunch of possibilities yeah. there. Uh, Speaking Southern, of expansion. Yeah, Southern Expansion had their bid document released. Uh, brace yourself for a headache, because how did you describe it, Scott? Uh, it was like a university assignment that would get an F. <laughs> it's No, seriously, it's, it's a combination of all of Craig Foster's SBS winches of the week and his grandiose view on How football. many shots at Ange Postacogli did it take? Considering I'm not it sure. I, did, I, I started skim reading after like page three. Yeah, I tried to read it. Then I saw that they got the two, highlight two was, club yeah. logos wrong. Yeah, that, and just went, nah, that I'm was out. the highlight of it. They, they don't know the local rivals logo. And I also think the Raw still have their old logo too. Which to me should just be That's an automatic disqualification. That's a glaring oversight really, isn't it? I mean, this is supposed to be a professional document. And these logos aren't didn't come out last week. Yeah. It's, Could have been written in crayon. Yeah. Could have been. Maybe it was written in crayon. Yeah, I guess the big question also is begged is that, you know, will we actually get to see the bid the bid document for all? Yeah. Or, or was this... I'm not sure. I, I, I think remember whether this is leaked or... Brisbane what? City released theirs as They've well. They've released something. I think yeah, Southern Expansion, I think they kind of want to get out in front of the race here yeah. and mm. be seen to be the front runners. It's just scary because I think that, yeah. you know, despite what we think and the validity of their bid, I think that something, something tells me that they... Feels though they're in the box seat to yeah. get one of the one of the two um, spots, and if that's the sort of stuff they're producing, 
I'm a bit scared. The very interesting thing is they've got three different home grounds listed. I think it's the St George Rugby League venue, yeah, the Cronulla venue, and also the stadium at Wollongong. I mean, I think. Okay, I think I just I think gave you, myself a concussion. You might away. need to. You got to go the NFL protocol in and out of the tent in three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Does think, that mean I'm the quarterback? Yeah. But right. I do think. I think you might have to pick one of those venues, or maybe two. Having, You'll have having to settle three on one. is a little bit, a little bit weird. Yeah, and if you listen to Daily Football Show this week, they go into a lot more detail about this, and I think Southern Expansion is probably the worst decision the FFA could make for A-League Expansion. Which means it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to finish off this segment on a very good note, though. Matilda's at the Asian Cup. Obviously, there was a frustrating 0-0 draw. Yes, yeah, so I watched that on Sunday morning. It was very, very interesting. Well, no, it wasn't, actually. I was distracted <laughs> by the Premier League, to be honest with you. Fair it wasn't. The, it was a... The Matildas were really attacking, but Korea parked a bus big time in front of the goal and the, just couldn't get through. It's something I think the Matildas are going to have to get used to, though. Yeah, well, As their ranking gets higher and the aura around them grows, teams are going to use this tactic I and did, have I, to find a way around it. I did see it. a bit of criticism of South Korea and all that, but you know what? I'd look at it as a good thing. That, obviously, other nations respect Australia. Yeah. And that, and that, and that, we and saw that's this good. in the Algarve yeah. Cup as that's well. It. If yeah. you want to be seen as a big footballing yeah. nation... In the Asian, yeah. like in Asia and around the world, be prepared for teams to go. All right, well, our first job is to stop. The, yeah, like it, you see it again, like to go back to the Premier League, where you look at the big clubs like Arsenal, Man City, Man United. Yeah. Not so much evidence, sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> but you look at those clubs and they go, and Arsenal obviously have their style. I've watched a lot of their games for obvious reasons. You know, how Speaking many clubs just say, "All right, well, we know that if we put ten behind the Everton. ball." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we made we made we we made an absolute. Uh, to be fair, man, yeah. you know I'd do it too. Yeah, well, that's because you got Jose. <laughs> yeah. But the whole point is, you want to be a yeah. big team. That's the treatment you're going to start yeah. to get. And for all the complaints about, oh, it's not fair. They also that's did football. This, they also did this to Japan the other day as well and held them to a nil all as well. So maybe yeah. Korea do deserve a bit of this, credit for being a very well organized team. And it is, yeah, it, it's a tactical battle and. Well, again, to bring it back to the yeah. rule, it might not be the prettiest style of football, yeah. but for Korea, this may it very gets well get results. Them to the, oh, look, I, it could no, get them to the World Cup here. Depending think, on the results on the last day between Australia and Japan, if they beat Vietnam, you would say South will. Korea will finish in the top two spots. Well, they're going to the World Cup, which means Australia or Japan may have to go the long way, depending on the results. Yeah, so, well, that's the whole the whole beauty of it all is that two draws and a winnable, a very very winnable game yeah. against Vietnam. Look, they're, they're semi-final bound. Yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be... Well, unless Australia and um, Japan conspire to be a nil-all draw, or, or uh, just a draw in yeah. general. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're pretty much left. They're yeah. pretty much, you know, they've got themselves there. And that's... For, yeah, for Australia, a draw will see them through. A win obviously sees them top of the group. If they do lose this game to Japan and it's Korea win, with. Australia will finish third in the group and they have to play third in the other group for the fifth and final spot at the World Cup. And the Matildas, very interesting. the Matildas were, of course, playing in the new uh, national team strips. And yeah. home one, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. The away one, I actually quite like. You are colourblind, though. Just so people are aware. Yes. Anyone wanted to throw something at, something at you now that James is colourblind? Look, it's not my favourite <laughs> kit, but I, I like yeah. that they've gone something different. I don't mind different. it either, actually. I've seen worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, huh. yeah, this one I'm wearing now, the 2010 one's not too good. Yeah. It's just the only... <laughs> yeah. It was what it was the first clean shirt you found. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. But, uh, just the, the whole the whole I, I love soccer Twitter sometimes. But the <laughs> hyperbole around this it just it makes it just gives me a headache because you know what? Who cares how it looks? You know what? No one is forcing you to yeah, buy it. Yeah, James, who cares what the two thousand and ten kit looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Get over it, that. it's in the past. <laughs> yeah, look at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, as long as the players are comfortable and it's a good it's a decent you know, kit and all that. Who cares how it looks? I know it's obviously you no know, Probably it's all died down now, but I just just so they carry on about it's just juvenile, and you know just tell, actually telling people who are non-football people about it, they laugh at us. So you know, I, I, I get it was probably a slow night, but you know, just and, get over it. Uh, that launch also was painful to sit through. Oh, and really I'm sure was, that was actually it? probably what what actually slid the fire on the soccer Twitter. But yeah, it doesn't that, take that, much. Th- no, that green one I actually do quite like. Yeah. Unfortunately, the home ones I hold to the bar of 2014, which was the best national team shirt yeah. I've seen. Hmm. They make it actually look blue to start with, like the teaser photos they released. Yeah, I'm wondering if that was the first draft, and they went, "No, we've had blue for a little yeah. while. Let's go back to green." But um, oh, what was I going to say about the national team kit? 
Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm probably not going to buy the home one, but the away one, I think I will. Why not? I'm I'm due I'm due a home one. So. Yeah, fair enough. I'll stick with the 2014 kit. Yeah, well, th- they still look good on me yeah. too. All right, so we're going to uh, pull it up there and be back to preview this weekend's game in Perth, which we're all so excited about. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back for second four of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with you tonight on a Thursday for a bit yes. of a rare thing. Um, uh, Scott, how can people get in contact with us? Okay, so Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook Brisbane Football Review. You can see our podcast on Wooshka and iTunes. And you can also email us at brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. And fan cams, come see us next October. Yes. yes. Next October, yes. Because now it is mathematically impossible for the Raw to have another home game this year. And I'm, we're not sending you to the finals, James. Oh. Wait, Sorry. we have a budget? No, we don't. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> All right, so Saturday in Perth, mm. it is a very, very long shot for the Raw to even hope they can make the finals. I suppose let's just start off with the equation where they need to better the Wanderers' result from I did read this, though. I think if the Sunday. Raw win, the Wanderers need to win. If the Raw draw, the Wanderers need to draw or something like that. Yes. Yeah. So as it stands, Wanderers are on 33 points and they play fifth place Adelaide on 36 points. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane Raw and Perth are both on 32 points. So a draw is good enough to make sure Perth don't get in. Yeah. And draw also puts the Raw in if the Wanderers lose, don't they? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and goal difference is also so, fairly key to this as well. So the Raw and Wanderers are both on minus eight. So obviously yeah. a draw would keep the Raw on minus eight and any loss for... Western Sydney would push them below minus mm-hmm. eight, and Perth are on minus twelve. Yeah. So, yeah, but for them it's either win or you. It's for, for Perth it's bust, quite simple: yeah. win and hope. For the Raw, it's win and hope or draw and hope. Yeah. But let's be fair; it's a long shot. So it's a very late kickoff Saturday yeah. Brisbane time, ten p.m. at mm-hmm. NIB Stadium because, of course, Perth have a home game. Of course they do. Now, I just want to start off by saying, but you, I'll just yeah. quickly: the Raw yeah. are winless in their last six trips to Perth. Dating so, back yeah. to 2012-13, which was a 1-0 win thanks to James Meyer, of all people. <laughs> so, that's how long ago you've got to... We'll talk about Mike Mulvey in the last thing. It was one of his first games in charge. Well, that's well, how long ago it's been since the Raw have won in Perth. Well, that's comforting. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, during his post-match press conference on Saturday, this is what John Aloisi said about his optimism about making finals. Still a big chance. Still a massive chance of uh, qualifying. Yeah, we, you know, we if we win that game, then um, we put pressure right back on them. So, Aloisi still feels like there's a bit of a chance there. I wish I was feeling that optimistic, to be honest. Yeah, so do I. But to me, the hardest part about all of this is the fact that it's not in their own hands. Yeah. Even if they win, that might not be enough. It's the whole you got to wait afterwards for another result thing. It's, yeah. It's very awkward. It's like, it was like two years ago when the Raw had the Premier's Plate. Well, that was a result before... They had the game before them, the Friday night game, Adelaide, and I think it was Melbourne City. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, Aloisi's first year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. When they... Yeah, so we'll just quickly touch on Western Sydney versus Adelaide, because Western Sydney can actually still get up to uh, fifth place if they win by three goals or more. Yes. So that would be on goal difference. So... The other question is Adelaide's motivation in that game. Well, Adelaide can't come out and go, oh, we just have to get through 90 minutes in one peak. One piece. They yeah. still need to make sure that they don't get. They, they over. may very well start looking at which Melbourne team do we prefer yeah. playing in week one. Do we want City or Victory? And they might try and that's, that's manufacture their finishing position on that basis. That's basically their um, their reward. They yeah. they pretty much you know the result will determine where they pick. I think and City's going to finish third, aren't they? City are City in the box will, seat to finish third. City will probably finish third. So if they want to play City, they may not put much effort into the Wanderers game. Yeah, and. And so the City game is the Friday night game. Yeah, so the Wanderers Adelaide is the last game of the, the regular season. I don't know. So. No, I mean, I mean the because the, the, the final oh, yes, yep. schedule's already been released by FFA. And I think... The, City are on the Friday, yeah, victory on the Sunday. Yeah, so again, Adelaide Sunday you know, Sunday against Wanderers, they got turned around for, yep. a quick turnaround Friday night for the, um, for the elimination finals. So that might also play a factor. Not that we're saying that you know, manufacturing results, but how it could... Ball. Oh, it's, it's all strategy. I've yeah, got no yeah. problem with 
If I was the coach, I'd be saying... Season, I would be absolutely yeah. manufacturing the results to give me the best chance. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, so starting on Saturday night, mm-hmm. I suppose it just comes down to can the Raw come out firing better than what they did against uh, Western Sydney? And, you know, I think there's a great way to fire up the team. I hope this is what John Aloisi's pregame speech says. What? Over? Did you say Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now! So obviously, Aloise, he will have to fire up the troops and get them off to a flying start. I should send you to Perth to give that speech, actually, James. (laughs) It'd be a great idea. Get uh, the remaining Belushi to come over and give that. That, of course, was from Animal House. (laughs) If anyone wants to go and watch that, it's a very funny movie. (laughs) No, <laughs> oh, some of our listeners were even born when that way off out. <laughs> Probably not, actually. I know I wasn't. <laughs> but yes, obviously, like they can't afford to get off to a slow start and have to no. chase the game. Oh, it's uh... first goal is crucial in yep. this game, isn't it? Really, and with the way Perth have been attacking, yeah. they really are more than capable Adam of doing. Adam Taggart's it. in some fantastic form at the back end of the season here. Of course, and he's. I think he's just coming back from an injury, but he's been in really good form the last couple of weeks. Scored two against Sydney. I'm not sure how he did against Newcastle on Friday night, but two really good goals scored, against Sydney. Did he score again? I think did he? he scored one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I well, think. Yeah. And they're very good at home as well, Perth. Yeah, so, they're not so great when they have to travel. Yeah. Unfortunately, they get this at home like always. <laughs> but yeah, I would say yeah, it just comes down to the first goal. If they give it up, then I would say you can probably afford to go to bed because it's going to be a very very rough. What? It's going to be a rough game on the nerves no matter what, yeah. especially if you're getting close towards the end. What time did you say kickoff was? 10pm. I probably will be in bed anyway, given I'm going to be down the Gold Coast on Sunday morning, so that'll be fun. I've got to work Sunday as well. Yes. Adam, you're covering this yeah, game for us. I'm covering that game. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alright, so well, going into the last game, obviously there were four players uh, named with injury. They're all in this 18-man yep. squad going yep. forward. Corey Brown and Dane Ingham have been added to the 18-man squad. And will probably be subtracted from the 18-man squad by the time the game kicks off. Well, the question for that then becomes, do you possibly take that as a sign that maybe they're not totally healthy at the back and there is actually consideration being given to going to Ivan Pranish and saying, look, if you're not healthy, don't risk it in a game like this? I just think they've named pretty much all the fit players available. I think Dane Ingham will probably travel as the spare player and... Corey Brown will probably be relaxing in Brisbane this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I think yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a sign that you know the last throw of the dice is again. Alois is going to go to the guys that have done it the last yeah. couple of weeks and let them either salvage the season or let it slip. And that's I think uh, the only change we're going to see is Holman will probably come back in for Enrique. Yeah, I agree. The starting line. I think the rest of it is pretty much what we've seen the last few weeks. Yeah, look, and look, we can probably say in some respects, you know, oh, what should they do? Like, for example, you know, I hate to say it, but no, I think Massimo Macaroni, I think he might be... Oh, boy, did he dodge a lot of bullets in segment one, come yeah. to think of it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's the thing, thing is, is, he was... Corey Gamera hadn't exactly set the world on yeah. fire either. If Gamera had not really, won at all. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm actually There's leaning towards... There's a lack towards, of options up front, which is what's saving Macaroni at the moment. I would actually lean towards, um, like, a holman um, Enrique combination in that, you know, 9-10 sort of slot. Uh, that's, that they play that false nine, but look, I, look, I, that's what I think. Um, my, my opinion's worth absolutely zero. <laughs> um, and look, I know I expect that it'll be basically, it'll be the same staying lineup except Holman and Enrique. That's why I believe. ignored that. Yeah, I know. No, I can't believe you ignored that. What's that? Holman D'Agostino dream team up front. Is Dagas fit? Uh, he was training the other week, wasn't he? Not oh, in the squad there, though, yeah. so no. I do think the fact that Gamero hasn't hasn't taken his chances is what saves Macaroni at the moment. Was he seven or eight games now without a goal, Macaroni? Something to that effect. Yeah. Yes. This would be a great time to yeah. snap out. There, there were look, there were some worrying signs, I have to yeah. say. You know, I, I I've been a big you know advocate of his, but even I'm starting to think well, he's starting geez, to slow he's down. To slow down yeah. and the long season has sort of I think have finally yeah. caught up with him. All right, so I suppose the last discussion point on this is: Do we really want to? Like we all still want to see the Raw play in the finals regardless, right? I'd prefer them to be there than oh, not look, there, yeah. absolutely, of course. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I'm just seeing this sentiment out there that it would be somehow better for the club if they missed out on the finals I because think it would teach them a lesson the season or something. To be over. Yeah. I, I, do, I do understand that point to a degree, whereas if they do miss the finals and it does trigger 
a lot of changes around the place in terms of the playing but, playing staff and the style and the recruitment. All I get that, but I think that's going to happen now anyway. I think yeah, there's been I don't too think much that's going to wrong trigger this anything. Year. Yeah. Oh, look, at the end, at the end of the day, it's 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 kind of I'm trying to find the right words yeah. for it. It's kind of disheartening in a way that you know so and so many people just given up and like the the words season over has been used a lot across social media and a lot of other places. And look, at the end of the day, look, it's it's never good when the result is not in your hands anymore. Yeah. And I think that's a byproduct I, I of... I can understand the sentiment because yeah, of that's that. where I Yeah, that's where I yeah. actually I kind of sympathise yeah. with that idea where yeah. it's out of your hands, so you've got to rely on a favour from someone else. But it's not over. Like, yeah. It, to be fair, Adelaide OWAS won two after the Premier's Plate a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they might cash that in this weekend. Well, look, and Adelaide as well. Like, they want to... Like, they're going to want to go into the finals with plenty of momentum. Well, that's, like, a, yeah. that's what we've been talking about, you know, this whole run yeah. on, on you know, as far as the Raw from 10 games back. Mm-hmm. That, you know, at the end of the day, you know what, I, I just, yeah, like I said, Newcastle and Ernie Merck have seen the same, said the same thing. That they've got to go into finals with momentum. Otherwise, they are going to be, you know, shot ducks yeah. come. You know, and they've, they've got a week off after. So if they, if they play like absolute rubbish against Central Coast Mariners, you know, to close out the regular season... You'd be giving them not much hope to whoever comes through the other side. So I think I would hate to think that Adelaide will just you know pull up stumps and go, oh, we'll just fall over across the line of the finals. They're going to want momentum too. That may may be the shining light the Raw needs to perhaps get a favour from th- and get there. Yeah, the other thing is, that, are we overrating the Wanderers a bit now after their win last week? Yeah, saying there's some great side when the reality is they've been pretty average for most of the season as well. Yeah, and it would not surprise me at all if they put in a half. And not the greatest performance on Sunday afternoon at home, even with finals on the line for them. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, with, I don't. Totally I don't trust right. the Wanderers as about the same as I trust the Raw right now. I don't trust either of them. You can't really, really. trust any yeah. team. It's, um, exactly. I don't just throw the ball up in there and see where it lands. Really. Yeah, I, I hadn't. I hadn't checked actually the squad. Obviously, I've been focused just on the Raw. I, w- yeah. I wasn't sure whether I know. Um, Economides was. Um, he did, he was limping at the end of that game. I don't know if he's fit or not. And that's going to be... That's also as well going to be... Because I say he had a massive part in, you know, of the Raw's downfall on um, on Saturday night. And if he's not fit, that again, you know, changes, you know, changes the day. Because I say he... Yeah. All right. So, look, we've talked about this at will. It, first things first, though, for the Raw. Do they have... Like, can they take care of business on Saturday night? Adam, what's your pick? I think I think it's gonna be a draw. I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a three all draw. You're kidding! That yep. was what I was gonna pick. Yeah, I, I I I just have I just have visions of everything on the line. They get, it's gonna be yeah. You I remember I think, that five four against City in round twenty seven oh, last year geez. for Perth. Yes, mm. the Liam Reddy goes walkabout game. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think it's, I actually think you know what maybe you shouldn't go to bed because I actually think it might be a bit of entertainment. So it may not be no, good as a time. I'm still going to bed. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to. But uh, yeah, oh, I, for your I, sake, Economides is in the squad for the Wanderers. Oh, okay, there so. we go. All right, well, I was going to pick 3-3 as well, so I'm going to go with that because I'm not going to let Adam gain any more ground on us in the tipping competition. <laughs> well, I, I had 3-2 to Perth written down, so I'm going to stick with that. Okay. And I think they'll get a late winner, and the unfortunately. And se- second uh, question, well, ba- well, it's more so for Adam and I. Yeah, I've, Scott, I've just told you what I think is going to happen. Scott already so. not said this. Will the Raw be still alive next week? No. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think whatever happens... He, yeah. Wanderers are going to be able to find a way to get what they yeah. need. At yeah. home, I think so. a draw, and that, and I think at best it might be a draw on Sunday as well. And I think that'll be that's season over for the Raw, unfortunately. Yep. Please prove us wrong, Brisbane Raw. Absolutely. Look, oh, look. <laughs> I'll, I'll happily <laughs> come on the show next week and say I was completely wrong if you're playing finals football. Absolutely. We're, yeah, we're all hoping that the season still goes along yeah. because look, you can go on and on yeah. about six teams in a te- making the finals in a ten-team competition mm. and propose a better yeah. uh, final system, but that's what we've got to play with, so why not take advantage yeah. of it? And let's be honest, talking about the finals is not much fun when it doesn't involve the Raw, let's be honest. No, mm. you're, well, I don't know, I haven't had to do that in about eight years. Well, we did it last that's year right. about the grand final, I think we struggled big time. Oh, boo-hoo, we, we fell s- one week short. No, we struggled big time talking about it, though, didn't we? <laughs> not the grand final, that no was the shortest fun. preview in history. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, don't yeah, we, I, I don't even think we wrapped it up. No, I think I we think went so. a holidays. I think we just said, well done. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, Scott, thank you. James, thanks, Scott. Scott, enjoy uh, the final weekend yes, of the I'll, Commonwealth Games. I will, thank you very much. Adam, enjoy not being at the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> I will, and I'll enjoy uh, championships on Saturday. Yes. All right, sounds good. 
Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week one way or another. Wednesday? Yes. I won't go to finish on Sunday. It's fine. It's over. Okay, we'll be back next Wednesday, hopefully in a good mood. We'll just have to wait and see how the weekend plays out. Go enjoy the football. We'll talk to you then.